to the What Is True podcast, everyone. Today should be a fun show. I am joined. I am joined by Matt of the Great Deception podcast. How are you, Matt? Good, man. How's it going? Doing good, man. Doing exquisitely fine. I am excited for the show. I've been trying to get the show going for a while. And uh, it's, I'm glad it's looking like it worked out. <laughs> it's um, never easy. I'm a, I'm a tough one to get on. So I, I apologize for the delay. Oh, you're fine, man. Um, so before we get started, uh, this show will be a review on the book. One of the most controversial books around, Mein Kampf. Uh, before we get going on that, can you give us a little bit of background of uh, your show, how you got into podcasting and whatnot? Yeah, man, I have uh, the Great Deception podcast, and uh, and I kind of have two podcasts because I have the Great Deception podcast, which is my main show, and I do uh, you know basically old world historical reviews and try to uncover some un or untruths about stuff that's bullshit about history. And then I have uh, what's called the Monday Night Master Debaters, which is a roundtable I host every Monday where I have like two to three other podcasters on and we just talk about whatever, you know, from from Blue Beam to sports to, you know, anything in between. And and so that's fun. I met a lot of cool people that way. And uh, and it helped my show because, you know, along the way, I've had a couple interviews. I mainly do a solo podcast um, where I you know, do research, do a couple weeks of research, then put out a show. So, and I've done anything from, you know, the dark side of Disney to mind control to uh, Jim Mars, Rise of the Fourth Reich, Operation Paperclip. Uh, I've done a lot of Tartarian stuff uh, from books that I found in the 16 and 1700s. So I've done, you know, uh, the slaughter of the natives, uh, 1800s destruction, you know, I'm all over the place, but I, I, I'm just fascinated with history. And, and what I find as I dig into this history is it either is repeating itself now or led us to this point. You know, it's been, it, it's kind of been like a, a funnel getting us to this point. So it, it's really interesting, man. It's been quite a journey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm in that same same boat there where you don't know what to trust. Um, and you go down one That's rabbit why my, hole. my logo is question everything. Yeah, yeah. You go down one rabbit hole and that leads you to another one. And um, what what has been your, your wildest uh, rabbit hole, I guess, or... You may have a favorite one, but maybe you have a wild one or, I mean, if you want to comment on that. I just, I never realized the extent of what was done in this country, you know, how they, you, you know, they've glorified the way that this country was taken over, the way the government was built, the way the government has kind of morphed into this octopus um, and all along the way, we've just been fed. Everything's great. You know, we're the best. We're number one. We're the most powerful. Everybody wants to be like you. And then you step back and you look at it and you're like, whoa, 
It couldn't be farther from the truth. Not, not the American people, the American government. Yeah, for sure. It, it's the, it's the government when it comes, you know, when it comes down to it. So I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to recall a couple of weeks ago. I just, I don't even know why I started reading Mein Kampf. I think part of the reason was, um, you hear the word Nazi getting thrown around a lot these days. Everyone's a goddamn Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. I've been called a Mexican Nazi. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, it, it's the most ridiculous shit, man. When you overuse words, it loses its punch. It loses all meaning to it. And I, I have to admit, I have to be 100% honest that when I... I don't even know how I stumbled into Mein Kampf. I do subscribe to Audio Boy on Odyssey, and he uploads a shit ton of audiobooks. At like I think one one a week, and I'm just constantly consuming audiobooks that way. And he uploaded it, and I felt dirty as soon as I just hit play on you know the play button on Mein Kampf because of the conditioning, you know. Yep. And, and, and that's, I, I yeah, oh, that's the dirty part about it, man. Yeah. Is that they're just words. And guess what? There are people, and, and this is what I keep repeating on my podcast, there's people that we are told are heroes in our culture that have done almost worse things than Hitler, if you yeah. look at it from a numbers standpoint. And and it's just amazing that we've been conditioned to, to over one man. He's the boogeyman, right? So anything that he did, anything involving him, anything involving his people – a logo, right? All these things are like, they make you feel like you're doing something wrong just for reading it. Yeah. And it, and it comes down to propaganda. I mean, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had Ryan Christian of The Last American Vagabond on my show and we went into a little Great bit of- Great interview, by the way. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, and, and we went into the whole weed thing. We've been conditioned to think that it's such an evil fucking thing, and it be it's because of the propaganda. At the end of the day, we've been our our parents were taught that, and then our parents passed it on to us, and they and without them fully knowing. And how many of these things in our current lives are just like this? What we're talking about, where we have we feel like we have an absolute opinion on something when we in reality don't know shit about it. But it's because and of the little things that we've been told. That's the problem. We've been indoctrinated to believe that we're smart because we've been, quote unquote, educated, right? But what is education in our system? It's just indoctrination. So it, it, the, those who follow the best and test the best get the best grades. Now, does that mean they're the smartest? Not necessarily. It just means they educate well. No. So, and that's the problem that we have are these people that climb the educational system thinking that they're smarter than they are and that there are people lesser than them when in reality, they've just been able to do well on tests, you know, and do well in the system. And, and there's a whole nother world out there that those people do not do well in because it's outside of their bubble they have to stay inside of that bubble and once they get out that cognitive dissonance sets in and man they you see them freak out yeah 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 it's uh 
they get out of their comfort zone and as soon as they step out they don't know what the hell to do and and i nope. guess you know i'm not proud to say it but that that's kind of what happened to me when i started listening to the opening lines of mind conf for whatever reason i i had no, first of all i had no idea how large of a of a piece of work it was you know i i expected it to be a couple hundred 300 pages and that was it i didn't realize it was a couple thousand pages and and for whatever reason i had this preconceived notion that he was just going to be slamming the jews every other word you know uh fuck the jews fuck the jews <laughs> again it's it's just it's just the shit that we've been told and fed and <clears throat> we're we're in a state where you can't say he did anything right you know if you say hitler did some good you're automatically a nazi lover and 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 all this shit and so we're gonna we're gonna go into it in more details as we go along. I just want people listening to kind of get a feel of where we're coming from, and and so that I I have to say when I when I started reading to Mein Kampf, it captivated me, man. Um, I think more so the first time around. The second time around, I was it was more of a technical listen. The second time around, trying to pick up more shit that I missed the first time around and whatnot. Uh, but what really really captivated me was how great of a read it was you know i i came in reading this thing thinking that it was i was just going to be shitting on it i was kind of fearful it was all anti-semitic bullshit blah 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 and it was nothing really what i expected now when he goes anti-semitic he does go hard in the paint but that's not the entire book i mean we're talking about a, a, a voluminous uh piece of work and i'm i'm a huge history nerd i've always been a history nerd and when he goes into the world war one and even pre-world war one uh during the colonial period the events leading up to world war one that's the shit that really really fascinated me and, and the whole breakdown and so I'm, I'm curious as to when you first read it and and your impressions See, I, I read it about 20 years ago uh, in college. I was doing a paper for a political science class. And, you know, I did it for this reason. Like, I, I couldn't understand why this one book had such a, you know, negative stigma to it. And I'm like, man, this thing just must be just full of hatred and venom and just the, the most disgusting thing ever. So, you know, I, I, I can't even remember what my thesis was, but it was something along the lines of it can't be this bad, right? It, it, there, there has to be some good in this. And I started reading it and obviously with a totally different set of eyes than I have now. And, you know, ever since you brought it up, I, you know, I, I breezed through a little bit of uh, some summaries of it, but I got to go back and read it again. Yeah. And but the thing that I found was it was like you said, it was a lot deeper. There was a lot more uh, of of the earlier stuff is what surprised me, too, with, you know, but now looking back at it, I have a little problem with it because I feel almost like it was coordinated, like it was planted, like it might not have been his story. And that he might have been this character, so to speak, that they put in the place to, to do it. 
right? And yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know what you've done on uh, as far as like looking into the um, history of the book itself and the authors and everything. And and one of the things I found was, you know, Rudolf Hess played a role in it, um, and then a, a, a Jesuit. Uh, Friar, what was his name? Uh, Stumpful, Stumpful, Bernard Stumpful, I think is his name. I haven't read uh, Was name. another guy. He was a big uh, German anti-Semitic guy, and supposedly he had uh, not not only edited but also uh, rewrote some of the chapters in it. So, and I, I got, I kind of see that 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 would kind of have to be the case. Because I don't think Hitler was that smart of a man. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what I get. Because I, I, after reading it the first time, I'm like, wow, this guy must be really, really smart. And, you know, now looking at it with the eyes that I have now and going through the different other stuff that I've read, I really don't think he was that smart. I think he was a character that was that was put there to play his role. And yeah. even Martin Bormann, who was, you know, one of his top Nazi guys, said that he believed that Hitler was placed there and that when his usefulness was over, he would be removed. Yeah, I've, heard, I've definitely heard that theory that that he, you know, th there's a theory that says that basically all leaders are, are puppets. Um, you know, as kids growing up, we most of us kids aspire to be the president of the United States. And then you get at a certain age, like, yeah, the president has a lot of power. And then you get older and you're like, <laughs> if you think Joe Biden is running this country, uh, I've got some uh, beachfront property in Idaho I'd like to sell you. But Well, and, well, and the other thing is, too, you, know, you, you have to be of a certain bloodline to be able to be these high-end yeah, yeah. people. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think the you know I think there's bigger wigs than all these world leaders than a Putin, for example, and 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 things along those lines. Even even the whole Ukrainian uh, Russia seems like a whole WWE. Like there's times I'm like, is there even a fucking war going on? It almost seems like Orwell's 1984, where they're battling it out, and then. One one day they're battling, uh, you know, the Asian countries, and then the next time they're battling Russia, and and then they're battling no one, and 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 so you have this illusion that maybe there isn't even a war going on. I think Winston even questions it at, at some point, and so th that's kind of what I feel with with Russia, Ukraine, <laughs> and and so I, I definitely see that, and you know, the, the more I've gone down the the whole Hitler. Um, I, I guess one of the other reason why I wanted to read Mein Kampf for myself was one of the questions that I always had was how did an entire nation get behind this man? A man that we have been told was a fucking idiot, according to the mainstream. He was a lunatic. Uh, he was always meth enraged, always yelling. Uh, a loner, an outcast. You hear all these negative connotations, and maybe some of them are true. I don't know, but you you, you hear all these things, and yet an entire country got behind this man. That was one of the main reasons why I wanted to read Mein Kampf. And as I'm yeah. reading it, 
I guess going along to what you just said was, man, this guy seems pretty damn smart. And there's a lot of points in there that I fully agree with. And there's other points where I'm like, damn, he's far off. And then obviously when he goes into the whole race issue, uh, I think he's dead fucking wrong. And he contradicts himself so many fucking times in the race issue. Uh, but as far as other other aspects which, which almost makes you lead leads you to believe that some of the theories out there that he he was of jewish descent could be true yeah yeah well you and know, then the, you the look at he it does contradict himself you know and that's what i found too that that whole anti-semitic thing it was it was contradictory well and he talks about his experience of how he became anti-semitic uh it, it early on in the book volume one he he goes in um, essentially talking about growing up as, as a youngster. He didn't hear any anti-Semitic shit in where, you know, growing up. And even his dad would kind of mock people that were anti-Semitic. He looked at them as lower class individuals. And so he didn't really have, uh, according to, the, you know, Mein Kampf anyways. And it's not until he got, a, you know, high school age or so. Um, when he started developing some anti-Semitic uh, thoughts, and he, he, it, it's almost like he attributes it to some of the propaganda, and he says that some of the propaganda or literature that he would read that was anti-Semitic, the reason it didn't grab his attention at first was because it was poorly written, uh, bad grammar, uh, in, and in bad taste, and so that didn't attract him and he felt like he was an intellectual and so he was more attracted to the jew-run media outlets because you know they were more well-written and refined uh and so he does talk about his conversion into being a an anti-semite but it's the case that he makes which makes me wonder i'm like you make these in smart points on these other parts and then you get the whole racial shit completely fucking backwards and so that makes me wonder at 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 what point i mean i i started to wonder if saddam Hus or i'm sorry uh hitler got saddam hussein to an extent where he was made more of an evil man than than what he actually was you know what i'm saying i don't know if you agree with that uh but you know, again, going back to the narrative that he was this big, bad, evil dude, the worst person in history, when, in my opinion, there's there's a lot of people that did far worse. Oh, I, I, I would definitely agree with you there. I mean, he is not the villain that he's made out to be. I mean, there are uh, people that have killed many more people in in our country that are celebrated i mean you look at what they did to the natives in, in, and wiped out millions of them and those presidents are hailed as good guys you know you look at even stalin stalin put hitler to shame with the numbers he he did and mao and and so we're to, to play the you know let's rank him as the boogeyman yeah i've always found that as a, now I see it as a red flag almost as to yeah. why do they want you to hate this one man so much? What are they? And, and you look back though, all, you know, a lot of these people were supporting him until the end of the war or until the tide turned. I mean, if you go back to 1942, 
there were like 170 to 175 U.S. corporations that were still working with Germany mm-hmm. to the tune of 420 million. Yeah, GE. So it's uh, yeah. GE, um, Henry Ford. Uh, Hitler idolized the fuck out of Henry Ford. In Mein Kampf, he talks about the international Jew, which was inspired yes. by Henry Ford, and so. I guess to tie that in, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but just to just to mix that in, that that's one of the there's many many sh- things that are just weird about World War II that don't make sense, and so we have those things that that should be a foundation of why we should question everything. So that that could lead into the bigger thing, you know. And we can get into that uh, later on, but there's so many lies around it. And then you had Operation Paperclip, which wasn't disclosed until fairly recently. And so you have all these things that that just turn out to be bullshit. You have American manufacturers and bankers helping out the Nazi regime prior to this. Hitler made Time Magazine, the cover of Time Magazine. And if you fact check it, uh, the fact checkers, which are not to be trusted, but... They say, well, Time Magazine has had bad people. That doesn't necessarily mean they idolize them. Bullshit. I, I, that's like a revisionist history <laughs> that they're doing on themselves. And so he he was liked and respected by, by many people on the West. And it, it wasn't until I think he was viewed as a legitimate threat that that's when like, all right, we need to stamp this, you know, stamp this fucker out. Well, yeah, it was once he went against the banks, right? As soon as he started trying to privatize the German banks, that's when they said no. I mean, he actually had one of the Rothschilds arrested and let him go. And that's when the tide turned. And 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 he said, you know, he he knew that the, the uh, gods of war will turn against me, which essentially were the bankers. And he knew that once they cut him off, he wasn't at a point where he could take on the world by himself. And, and going back to your point, you know, looking back at World War I and World War II, why was there such an emphasis on destroying this one nation? And if you go back in history, I mean, who gave the Romans hell? It was always the Germans. The, the Romans could not, they, oh, they, the Gauls, they, they terrorized the Romans. And it was, you know, almost like, okay, we got to wipe out Germany. We got to go after it. And, and, you know, the first time they did it, but what they, they screwed up on was they tried to just totally demoralize these people and put them in a, in a debt that they could never get out of. Well, that led to a man like Hitler, Right. When you have the the Dawes plan that was put in effect that put them in such debt that they, you know, they they couldn't pay it. They knew they couldn't pay it. So they were going to forever be in debt. And there there was inflation, uh, people starving, their money was worthless. So, I mean, that is going to lead to someone to help. Right. I mean, it's it's kind of what happened in 2016 with Trump here was that it was they were looking for somebody different, you know, anybody but Hillary. So they, they went with him and, you know, and it's, it's a, it's one of those things where I think 
when you look back on it again, did he do some really shitty stuff? Absolutely. Um, did he do it alone? By no means. Was he the scapegoat for a lot of it? Absolutely. Right. Again, he's, they're going to put the front man out there. Like we talked about before. And that's what these guys are, right? They're, they're the lead singer for the band. That's the way I look at these presidents and these things. Cause they're not really in charge. They don't control the money. There's, there's managers above them and that control their every move and tell them where to be and where they're going to perform. And, you know, they're just glorified rock stars. So he was following somebody's marching orders. Now, whose marching orders those were? At the time, it was the bankers and the corporations because they were investing money in him because they believed in what he was doing. So, you know, that's where I have this problem that all of a sudden now, but, you know, I'm guilty of it. I drive a Ford car, you know, but Henry Ford should be seen almost in the same light as Hitler because he contributed to it and, and was in line with it supported it yeah but yeah he yeah, was on the right side of history so instead he's you know got this built multi-billion dollar corporation today yeah 100 percent. and you know as i read it i was trying to be as objective as possible um obviously the vast majority of people when they think of hitler he's the most evil human being to ever walk the world that's the vast majority then you have a small minority but loud minority that you know there's i think there's a video on odyssey called the greatest story never told and yep. hitler was a complete saint never did anything wrong and it's the polar opposite and so i guess when i was reading through it i was trying to be down the middle because generally speaking you have that side you have that side and then you have the truth and so if you try to be down the middle which is what i try to do most of the time these days you know you analyze both sides and then try to come to the most rational conclusion all bullshit aside uh leave your biases and and, and agendas to the side and, and try and i think that's how you're going to get closer to the truth and so again you know one of the the things that got me motivated into reading uh my cop i wanted to understand the psychology of how a mass of people could uh, could get behind a man and as i started reading it i you know i would read left-leaning material that showed him as a uh christian conservative and then you read right-wing material and he's a liberal atheist and as i'm reading this i'm start i start to realize that shit, this is why he became popular to the masses you not only had bad economic times and, and you know through the treaty of versailles which he shits on constantly that's another recurring theme in his book uh, but he also appeals to people on the left and the right he talks about universal basic income way back then he talks about all these socialist problems he's a eugenicist he's talking about planned parenthood there's there's a part and i have the uh i i did timestamp the quotes if we need to get to them uh but he's talking about how if 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 a couple if a married couple is defective you know has some kind of physical deformities or whatever it's better for them to adopt 
rather than to make a kid and it's better you know basically to abort if they have a kid uh, so he's he's eugenesis which you know these are left-leaning things but then at the same time he's talking about traditional uh ways of, of german life uh no immigration which is more other so he he's hitting shit that's on the left he's hitting shit right on the on the right and that's that's the conclusion that i reached as to why he was appealing to everyone and you can't pin him down you can't pigeon him it's 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 idealistic when you try to say oh yeah he was definitely this he was definitely that even though he was racist his racism is a weird kind of racism it's like a science-based racism for the time it's not like he he it's it's it doesn't come as a racism like the there's there's these white supremacists that truly believe that white people are the preferred race blah blah, blah and uh blah, blah blah he's not that type of racist as crazy as that may sound i mean one small fact that i ran into and i had no idea was very few people realize that there was an islamic waffen ss it was a i think there was about 40 to 50,000 islamic fighters and as you read mein kampf he doesn't he doesn't tr he trashes judaism or you know the the jewish religion all the goddamn time but when it comes to islam he doesn't really talk shit he actually it's almost like he loves the jihadi aspect to islam because he's always talking about taking the sword you got to take the land with the sword and and, and you got to take shit by power and, and force so he's all over the map is what i'm trying to get with that little rant he's left and right you can't just say he was one um he was all over the map oh you're and you're absolutely right because one of the first policies that he instituted was was forced sterilization you know and he forced the sterilization over four hundred thousand people right yeah, away through the t4 program yes and and you know and it's ironic though because but he did that in the name of keeping their nation pure yeah, yeah. right and key and and he he phrased it in a way to the people to make them believe that this was for the long term of us and 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 got him to buy in and, and like you're saying he was well trained at playing both sides of the fence because like you said at the same time that he was and the other thing that he was in search of was the aryan race and a lot of people are mistaken when they they think of the Aryans, right? That's not the traditional. It, 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 that goes back to ancient, you know, Indian times, Hindu. Um, there, there's a lot of myth around the Aryans, ranging from you know the India region all the way to to the Celtic. You know, Cel there's uh, Celtic history. The Danes and the Vikings have stuff about it too. So, the whole idea of the Aryan is big in his thing and that's not just it when you hear it, it's it's typically the blonde hair and blue eyes yes but that's it's more of a bloodline thing and that's what he was all about and when you so when you said eugenics i was like absolutely he was in search of the master race yeah. right and and going back through time and and it was like a big science search because you look at he because he was doing a wide variety of things he was um out on excavation missions he was out you know searching the occult um out gathering old texts and and a lot of um you know gnostic information 
So there was, he, it was a wide variety of things that they were doing. And if you look at what they were spitting out with some of the technology that they had and, and the way they were so far advanced from anyone else, you have to wonder how did they get so far ahead? Yeah. Yeah. That was intriguing. Um, even in world war one, the, the Germans were, were the up and comers and it, it was when you go back to the 1850s that's around when Karl Marx the Jew as Hitler would say <laughs> Karl Marx the Jew I don't know I, I found myself laughing every time I, I had to read some of those passages but in the 1850s is when you still had remnants of the colonial empires i mean in today's world it's hard to imagine the colonies because we feel like we're so far removed uh that's the shit when you know the the mayflower shipped out and all that stuff but it, it was still up until the eight mid 1800s that this colonial uh stuff was happening and so you know uh the the first strike was trying to be um trying to be a world power they saw spain doing it they saw the french doing it they saw the british doing it they wanted a piece of that action and so once they got to be too much you know um all this propaganda was was being pushed on them that you know the the evil germans and and all this good stuff uh that the tensions were high enough that all they needed was that little spark, you know, with the, the killing of the Archduke. But in most, you know, history texts, all you get taught is that JFK-style murder of the Archduke of Ferdinand. And that's what started World War One. And you don't go into the backstory. And there's so much uh, more to it. Um, oh, and, and, so and much more. So much more. I, I've been going... God damn, I've been going balls deep in it for weeks now, and I just feel like I'm just starting to scratch the, the surface. Dude, listen, I was a I was a history minor in college, yeah. and I double minor because I, I was into political science and history. I was fascinated by it, but I couldn't see myself doing it full time. And I've learned more in the last like five years about World War One, World War Two, actually the 1800s. And that's why I'm I, in my podcast, I mainly stick in the 1800s. Yeah, because that era is just so wild. Because you're getting that transition from the old world to the new industrial, industrial revolution yeah. times, and getting out of that, you know, old colonial setup into the new colonial setup. And, and that's basically what World War II was. That was the handover of the British Empire to America. Yeah. And so we, we then took over the reins, and now we're going to, you know, carry the flag for the world. Yeah, and, and you know, I guess tying it into that, that, that's what, you know, the Germans never officially surrendered. And then you look at something like Operation Paperclip, where... This isn't a conspiracy theory. This is stuff you can verify. It's been uh, declassified information where thousands of German scientists and engineers were distributed between the you know United States and and the Russians, and that's how your NASA 
<laughs> was formed through Nazi scientists. Your uh, CIA, your NASA, your yeah. big business, you name it. It all comes from Paperclip. And, and it's all that weird shit. So, you know, on the one hand, we, we're we're led to believe that the evil Germans are the cause of everything. You know, how dare the Germans. And yet we see a lot of the shit that the Germans did, whether it's through NASA and, and, and all these um, other things and their technological advances were hijacked or borrowed, quote unquote. Um, and then, you know, the Nazis, when they took control, what was one of the first things they did? They burned books and they started censorship. What are we seeing now? We're seeing censorship at mass scales at, at this time by the same people that claim that they hate Nazis and shit, and they're doing the same Nazi shit. So, well, they're doing it claiming the other people are Nazis. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. in reality, those same people are supporting actual Nazis in, in Ukraine. Ukraine. Yep. It's yep. like, oh, what kind it, of it, the, the inverse world are we in? It's clown fucking world, man. And, and the interesting thing is. Uh, Mein Kampf, I think the original, the very first time it was translated into English, I want to say, God, I can't remember. I think it was 1930. It was in the 1930s, so several years after it was first published in 1925. And when it, the first copies, in English copies that were made, excluded the propaganda chapter. I wonder why. And it makes sense. The, the, they, the propaganda chapter wasn't added until way, way down the road. And in the propaganda chapter, Hitler nailed it. And the thing about it, he, he hit it down to a T, what propaganda is for, how you have successful propaganda, how you need to institute it. And if anything, the current climate you know the the where whether it's the world economic forum they've taken that goddamn playbook and run with it and, and using it you know what i'm saying oh absolutely man that's <laughs> that's what we've seen and that's how you 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 can say that you know the germans may have lost the war but the nazis actually never lost and they might have actually won the war because not only were they able to morph off look where we are now I mean, you look at our programs and they all come from Nazi-based programs. You know, our CIA is is based in that. We had mind control programs. We had um, Operation Mockingbird, right, where they infiltrated the media and you, you NASA. I mean, everything is laden with Nazi remnants, right, from we just took whatever they didn't you know didn't make it from the war and they came here and we we took them right in and they led our programs and so it's like okay you look at what's going on now and you're absolutely right first of all you see the division right you see the the split but you see the power of the propaganda and that's what you know they've orchestrated so well into this you know, with coordination with things like the Rockefeller Institution, right, by by controlling the education system. And but they've slowly over what, two, three generations now, indoctrinated us to a point where propaganda, they've gotten us to believe it. 
right? I mean, you said before you mentioned Orwell's 1984. I mean, we are, it's eerily turning into a documentary. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's been, some people have been tossing around that. Maybe that's, that was another book, you know, how did Orwell know all this shit, you know, and um, that's another rabbit hole to go down. But I mean, it's that- a simulation, man. And we're just, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, who knows, man? I, there's so much bullshit we've been fed that I don't even know what to believe, man. And I think that's part of the strategy. And and even uh, as Hitler talked about when, you know, the the reason for propaganda is not to brainwash the elite or the people up top it's for the masses uh for the masses to get along and and what do we see here you know there's a growing number of us waking up uh to the shenanigans but then there's still a lot of damn people that think fauci is a saint you know a saint among us and and he can't do nothing wrong you know he's just a martyr for the cause uh the the prop, uh, propaganda just runs deep, and I, you know, it, it's I don't know what to do, man. <laughs> I don't know. What do you see that comes out of it? Well, it's I mean, propaganda is their only tool, right? If if you can see through the propaganda, then it becomes comical. And I was I was talking with one of my friends today about this because. You know, she gets so mad at some of these headlines because they're just so ridiculous. And you're like, you know, you want to get you just reach through the TV screen and scream like this is insanity. <laughs> like this can't be real. And I'm like, hold on. View this all as a tragic comedy. OK, take a step back and, and look at this as a tragic comedy and, and look at it from a different perspective, because if it doesn't touch your front doorstep, doesn't touch your inner circle does it really impact you or is it just something to to take your energy away from things that you could be doing to benefit your life and i think that's what propaganda does propaganda gets you distracted from what you're meant to be doing you know being productive because what does propaganda do it keeps you in a submissive state and it keeps you in a fearful state for the most part because they're not going to use positive propaganda on you. You know, I mean, it's, it's always negative. It's always something fearful. It's, it's to make you feel like you need them, right? Because there's only a few of them and there's a lot of us. And when the people realize that in reality, you don't need those people. And if, if they're abusing you, you can say no and you can push back and for too long we've been told no you just have to take it these people are 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 smarter than you you know these people are in a position of power you have to respect what they say you have to obey what they say blindly it's like oh no 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 first of all they do, do they represent me now or do they represent a corporation because in our system, with the lobbying that's in place, they don't represent our interests anymore. The, the corporations make the laws. Because if you look at the laws, none of the laws benefit the people. Yeah, yeah. No, it's all for the state at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's what propaganda does. It just it helps Big Brother, right? And that's yeah. what Royal was saying is that it's, you know, if you can see through it, 
we can break through. But if if the masses are going to stay in that state and, and remain docile, the state will have no problem feeding you more and more bullshit to make you believe that you need them. And that if if you don't have them, you will all die. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm 100 percent with you on that. And it, it's just interesting. Again, just how it all ties in, you know, that I think that's why I like to go back into history, because. You know, you can just connect it to our current climate and. You know, you always hear that you have to look at the past to learn from it so you don't repeat the same mistakes. And when you do look at the past, you just see the same mistakes getting repeated over and over. It's like we never learn. We never wake up. Um, you know how many people... Well, Graham Hancock says it. He's yeah. we're, we're a species with amnesia. Yeah. You know, and it's absolutely true because we we... First of all, we have such a short lifespan, right? And And second of all... We're kind of, like I said before, we're funneled in a, in a certain way in our lives to look at certain things in a certain way and, and not look at, look at certain things. And, you know, this is dirty and this is clean and, and it, it's all, it's not left up to our decisions. We're programmed to believe something before we even have the experience with it. Yeah, that's what we were, you know, bringing up at the very beginning. Uh, even listening to Mein Kampf at the very beginning, I, I felt dirty because I was conditioned and programmed to feel that way. And once I did, I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, and, and you can apply that to, you know, the first time you realize that the government was behind 9-11. You know, I was just going to say that, man. Yeah. And that was that was when I felt that feeling really for the first time is is when i sat down and i was like holy shit man they did it and then you you realize you're like man and then you start seeing okay well if they were able to do this what else could they have possibly done yeah exactly and and that's the thing like i, I when i first started getting into conspiracies i was like well shit yeah that's definitely one right there but not everything's a goddamn conspiracy. And <laughs> the deeper I go in, I'm like, goddamn. There's a lot. Maybe not everything is a conspiracy, but a giant, you know, portion of them they all tie in 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 some way, shape, form, or another. Uh, whether it's these false flag shooting events to you know for put well, what is a conspiracy though? Right? I mean, the word conspiracy has such a negative connotation. Yeah. All it just it means is, two or more people conspiring, and they happen all the time. It doesn't it. It can it, be for good or bad, right? Yeah, just, it, it, it could be at your own job. Outcome. Yeah, yep. it could be at your own job where there's a job posting, and it's supposed to be open to everyone, but maybe the supervisor and the employee already have an arrangement. They've already conspired that this son of a bitch is going to get it. It doesn't matter who else applies. The conspiracy is already in place. He's going to get the job. That's the end of it. So conspiracies can happen large and small. And if they happen in the smallest of events, like the example I just gave, what makes you think it doesn't fucking happen up on top? Dude, if it happens at your local PTO, you don't think it's going to happen in, in, in U.S. government politics. Exactly. I mean, come on. You have people. There's there's fights in in parent. You know, the, the local board, school board. 
There's, you know, election rigging in the local school board, school board elections. I mean, it's it's crazy stuff to think that, you know, does it could never happen at the top. Yeah, and it's just naivety naivete that that may play a role in that. And this is what I mean. You you get these examples, countless countless of examples where you can prove that the government lied beyond any reasonable doubt, or where the government itself has admitted to doing so, uh, such as in Operation Northwoods or uh, any of these, uh, you know. Uh, other crimes. I mean, recently with the JFK dump, oh, big whoop, the CIA was involved in the JFK. We already knew this shit, you know, long before this shit. But I mean, you 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 can name those for the people that want to live with their head in the sand. Uh, but even those people, I, I don't think you can ever reach because they have been heavily propagandized where they take, even when you give them links or sources, well, it doesn't have an ABC badge on it. It doesn't have a Fox News badge on it. I'm not going with it. Um, it's just the conditioning has been so deep. And we, and I think we saw that uh, with the whole uh, COVID narrative. You know, out here living in Florida, I've said this a million times, so sorry if you heard me say it. I'm just going to say it real quick because Matt hasn't heard me say it. But out here in, in, in Florida, I, I live in Southwest Florida, in Venice, Florida, home of Mohammed Atta. Uh, and company uh, and man we were open the entire time the median age out here is in the 70s uh, it's a very red area very red very old yep. i'm 40 years old and i'm a young spring chicken out here um, and there's money out there too oh hell yeah dude sarasota hell yeah yeah um, and yeah yeah you don't have to tell me that shit stephen king lives like 15 minutes away from me <laughs> oh no shit okay yeah, yeah, my, yeah my aunt or my ex's uh aunt used to or both their aunts lived down in venice yeah 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 it's very very right on the water with their boats and it's like yeah oh. there's a lot of money man but you know you know the the whole covid shit it didn't nothing changed that if i was just glued to my tv set and, and accepted what they were talking about on the TV, you know, COVID is like the next black plague that's coming to hit us. I would have been cooped up in my home the whole time, never come out. And shit, because I didn't see piles of body and corpses out here, then I was like, this, it's all bullshit. It was all overly exaggerated. And they got down, they were able to shut down uh, the entire government, you know, for lack of a better term. And in my opinion, a a lot of this COVID shit was just a mind game. Let's see how much we can push these guys. Will they comply? And so um, in that sense, I think it was successful for them because a lot of people ended up giving in. You know, there was people that didn't want to get the damn shot because they wanted to take a vacation uh, to who knows where. But you were required to get the, the clot shot and they complied at the end. Um, and so it was just a, a a huge mind game more than anything. Well, and why did we why why did people have to wear masks? Because if there weren't masks, you wouldn't have known COVID was a thing. Yeah, right. Because there were, like you said, there weren't bodies piled up in the street. There weren't people dropping left and right. 
it was it was the madness behind saying that hospitals are overwhelmed, the news bombarding you with this negative shit constantly. And then because I don't I didn't listen to the news and and the way I found out if there was a mask mandate or not was whether there was a sign on the front door. Otherwise, I didn't acknowledge COVID during the whole thing. I didn't act like it didn't exist. You know, it was one of those where my job mandated the shot. I didn't get it. Um, and it is what it is, you know, and I still can't. Now they, they, they ended up caving, but they said I still can't go on site. And to this day, I still can't go on any of the campuses because I'm not vaccinated. Um <laughs> And it's hilarious because yeah. eventually I can see the, you know, this coming as like a, a lawsuit in a sense that it's like discrimination, but they got away with it because of the propaganda. Yeah. 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 That's the, uh, you know, going back, they, they learned a lot from the masters and, and Joseph Grobel's was, was his man in charge. And, you know, he, it's kind of funny, I guess, going back to the whole Hitler and Nazi thing is they were looked at as a group of misfits that were able to rise up to the ranks that they did, uh, whether it was Ru the Egyptian born Rudolf Hess. Um, and I think he was Protestant, if I'm not mistaken. And then you had Joseph Goebbels, who was Catholic. And then Hitler, he never declares what he is, but he's at least spiritual. So I, I'm. I would say he's maybe leans more agnostic on his views because he'll shit on uh, Christianity at times saying that it's silly. But then he's, he also talks about the respect it has because of how much it has grown over the millennia and, and acquired uh, territory. And that's what he aspires Germany to be very similar to the Catholic Church in that regard. Um, and, and went after the spear of destiny. Yeah, right? yeah. That's one of the, the relics that he was after. Yeah, I never really got into that, man. What? Because that's a whole What were you able to find of, out about that, that whole well, deal? Well, you know, they, they went on all sorts of wild goose chases, you know, for these old relics. Where did they the trying... UFOs, man, the Nazi UFOs come into play? I, I've always, I was like, where did I... In Mein Kampf, there's no mention of goddamn UFOs. So where, where no, do people that make that comes, connection? I think that's more of a Goebbels thing. That was, mm. you know, Himmler, Goebbels. That's when you got into the scientist side that they, they started getting into the occult yeah. and were heavily into the occult. And that's why they went, you know, that's why you see in the Indiana Jones movies, it's always the Nazis are the opposing force that are looking for the treasure along with Dr. Jones and... You know, they were known to go search and supposedly on one of their uh, searches, they came across the, what are they called? The, uh, it's the tablet of destiny, the Sumerian tablet. And supposedly they just sent back a, a, a one word response to the British embassy, uh, German embassy in, in Britain, um, that Eureka, we got it. And so, you know, so supposedly not yeah. only did they, you know, they, they also had access to the Vatican archives. So, you know, they had heavy ties with the Vatican and the Vatican actually changed some laws. And so did the Swiss who supposedly were neutral, changed some of their laws uh, to benefit 
the Nazis in the long run, you know, to keep their their treasure and, and their relics hidden. But to go back to what I was saying about the lost knowledge, I think between the Vatican archives, they were able to get information and, you know, get these head starts on things, places to go look, people to go talk to that might know about the old knowledge. And I think that's one of the things I get into in my podcast is that we are so dysfunctional now because we are so disconnected with nature. And we're so far, far away from the natural way of life and the natural way of being that we don't connect with this realm right now. And that's why everything's in such a state of chaos. And I think that's what the Nazis were looking for was that connection to source that would give them you know, the, the potential free energy or, you know, what, what would fly their UFOs, the things that could, you know, help them get the bell to work. Um, and some of their wonder weapons and things like that. I think they tapped into something or got into some ancient knowledge that not everybody had access to, hence why they had a leg up on everybody. I mean, they had the nuclear bomb, ready to go they just could not put together the proper delivery device and you know there's all sorts of conspiracy theories around that and how america got the bomb and how many bombs there were and why you know we used a uranium bomb as the first one dropped when we never even tested one i mean it's just all sorts of weird things that go back to germany having the technology and having this knowledge that for some reason the rest of the world didn't piece together. Or, you know, the way I look at it is like a puzzle, right? So every continent had their piece. Well, the Nazis were going around and collecting all the pieces and starting to put them together so they could see the whole picture. And that's when the banks came in and said, boom, no. They smacked the table and all those puzzle pieces went scattering. They're like, you're not putting that piece together. You got too close. Because, you know, I think there's a certain point where if you figure it out, you can make those bankers obsolete and then boom, the game, their game is ruined. And that's, you don't touch the house money, right? Yeah. 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 They were, they were definitely ahead of the, That's one of the most, more fascinating things, you know, um, and then how they were able to come back, you know, th they got pretty much driven into poverty after world war one and then fucking bounce to bounce back in, you know, just a couple of decades is phenomenal. And then not only that, look at where they're at today. You know, it's like they, they're they just resilient in so many ways, man. They just bounce bounce back and, and, and are able to recover. And maybe there's some nefarious shit going on and, you know. They might have had a helping hand or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. And, you know, as far as their technological advances, I the other book that I... Uh, an audio book that I started reading was uh, The Life of Nikola Tesla um, and shit, he's in that same time period, man, when, when a lot of the shit is popping and this is another man that wanted to deliver basically wireless energy, you know, to the masses but uh, his arch nemesis, Mr. Edison <laughs> wasn't having any of it he he wanted who to, stole his technology pretty much every goddamn thing man along the yep. way uh, he's just a total as i'm reading this book i'm like god this motherfucker is a scumbag and uh he's like a bill gates 
You know, yeah, I yeah. mean, in in like his time, he's credited as this great, you know, savior of humanity. But when you look down below it, <laughs> he's a dirty bastard, man. And he's just backstabbing people, stealing stuff, killing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's so many examples of this. And then obviously, you know, you look at the Rockefeller, same shit. The revisionist history comes out and... uh they are now molded into these heroes. You, you mentioned Bill Gates. This is a guy that was hanging out with Epstein over 39 documented times, and he was hanging out with him after his 2006 conviction, and yet we're supposed to take this guy as, you know, the guy. He's not know, a doctor, by the way. He's not a doctor. He's nothing. He's a college uh, dropout. That got a pie to the face, deservedly so. <laughs> Not one, but two. <laughs> yeah, and so that—that that is one of the greatest clips known to man. I, oh yeah, I, yeah. We, I have a, you know, I was saying I have the Monday Night Master Debater show, and we, you know, it's hardly any debate. We just, you know, it's people going around shooting the shit, but we play that frequently because it never gets old man i can watch that on loop all day and i'll have a smile on my face the whole time because there's no one that deserves shit maybe other than fauci more than than bill gates yeah yeah but i mean that that's all it's all the same shit you know those are other examples of the real scumbags get propped up on these pedestals and then the people that they don't want in the limelight get shit on and demonized whether it's a hitler saddam hussein uh, omar gaddafi all these other cats that we are told are, are just these evil wretches in in society and and, and it's just the narrative that they want us to give uh, i did want to how much time we got oh we got a couple minutes right um i did want to touch on one thing on on the whole racial aspect uh you know he does talk about how you can in reading mein Kampf, you can get a sense that he did study history and he's constantly bringing up uh the romans and the greeks um as civilizations to emulate uh to aspire to be and curiously he doesn't bring up the egyptians probably the greatest civilization that we know about and and, and i'm only putting them in that category because of the longevity of their reign uh on average most civilizations last uh between 200 and 300 years uh and, and then they peter out and when you look at our current American civilization, we're nearing that 250-year mark. <laughs> and so that keeping that in the back of my mind is what scares me with all this shit getting crazier and crazier. We're, we're hitting that average, that law of averages where civilizations uh, tend to decline. Uh, but these, there's a few exceptions to that, to that rule, um, obviously. And some of those are the Romans, the... Uh, Egyptians, the Mayans, and, and so on and so forth. The Chinese. Chinese have been resilient, man, for millennia, man. They'll, they'll get taken out and come back. Get taken out and come back. Um, but it, it it becomes clear when he when he brings up the race issue. He, you know, he's talking about how the Aryans need to need to be the the masters and 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 all this good stuff. But it becomes clear that he either never studied the mongolian empire 
or just chose to not talk about it because it would kind of mess with his whole theory on on race uh the mongolians were the baddest people in that time period uh, they weren't the most uh intelligent but they did um intelligent moves in uh for lack of a better words doing their own operation paper clips you know by taking the the scientists and engineers of the civilizations that they conquered um and, and incorporating them and you know obviously they they ended up using the chinese invention of gunpowder and to develop it into um the prototype cannons if you will so the mongolians were one of the baddest civilizations and they were you know that's the good side the bad side is maybe it's estimated that 50 to 100 million people were erased off of this planet uh, through the conquest if you if you bent the knee to the mongols you would live if you did not if you thought you could fight them off <laughs> then they were going to take everyone out and so um I, i'm curious as to your thoughts on uh, on those things there uh i don't know just i don't know where i was going with that it was just a it was one thing that just kept occurring in my face like i was waiting for him to well, mention the egyptians or the mongolians and he never makes any mention about it and i think that's a big uh a big statement as to where the industrial age wanted to take us right and where that because one of the things growing up is we aren't taught we are taught the roman based history you know we're not we're not taught a lot about the asian we're not taught a lot about the african history not even even South the American. american history there was a lot True. of great shit man either the aztecs the mayans i mean great civilizations that were super advanced given the resources that they had um and I'm sorry to interrupt because, I mean, that's kind of leading into the point that I was trying to get at was what what helped. I think it was inevitable for any. It could have been the Chinese had the in, in my opinion, this is the, when I studied the Mongolian uh, uh, civilization, they fucking wiped out the Chinese who were in their golden age. They wiped out the Arabs who were the, in their golden age. And some people will argue that. It was such a hard ass kicking from the Mongolians that the Arabs received that some of those regions still haven't uh, recovered from that ass kicking to this day. They weren't really interested in Europe at at this time period. But if they would have been in, interested in Europe, they would have wiped right through Europe like nothing. They would have had zero issues. I mean, they had a couple excursions into uh, Eastern Europe, you know, with, with the Polish folks and uh you know in those regions and they fucking wiped the floor with those guys and even through russia they they wiped the floor there but the the i guess what i was trying to get at was it was through for lack of a better term bad luck you know that there was some infighting with the cons and that's what made that gigantic empire implode um what helped Europe, the rise of the Europeans, if you will, was their excursions into Arab lands and developing the concept and acquiring the the concept of zero from the Arabs and acquiring gunpowder from the Chinese. It was through trade. It wasn't because 
we're Europeans, we're so much better than everyone else. It was through their acquisition. That was what was lacking in the Americas. So even though the Aztecs and the Mayas were able to do incredible shit living in the jungle, they were only able to get to so far because they weren't having that same uh, contact with other peoples and other cultures and, and, and things along those lines. And so that's what I was trying to get at. That's that's what throws the whole racial, quote-unquote, uh, his whole theory out the fucking window. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's part of our, because one of the things that I found in, in the research that I've done in this transition to this industrial era that we're in is this was the, you know, the white, the whitening of the world. And, and they wanted everything to come from a European perspective and they were going to rewrite history to show that the Europeans, you know, were the dominant ones throughout history. And that's just total bullshit. And as you start digging into it, you find out that it's not true. You know, the fact that they try and tell us that, you know, Columbus discovered America in 1492. I mean, there were people here for thousands of years before that. Eric the people, Red, Eric the Red had yeah, had made it a thousand. Leif years Erikson, then. yeah. I mean, it, I'm reading a book. There's right even now Polynesians. That, I don't know. Uh, the Polynesians landed in the Pacific in California. The Malays. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, there's the Malays, verifiable evidence that Polynesians landed in the 1300s. Uh, oh, you know, centuries before yeah, Columbus. Yeah, there's evidence in the Grand Canyon that the Egyptians were here. Well yeah, before I've, I, I've heard of Roman coins being found in the Am Amazon River. I don't know, you know, I don't know how accurate that is, but I mean, that's not out of the question, man. Uh, what is this? I got, uh, it's funny you mention that because I'm on. I'm I'm doing this right now. I just read a book called um, Ancient Discoveries in uh, or Ancient a Antiquities and Discoveries in the West uh, by Josiah Priest. It's from 1834. Mm. And it talks about um, America and what was here before Columbus and and all that. And one of the things that they keep talking about is like, and then, well, you mentioned the Roman coin. Well, uh, I'm reading, I have this book, uh, Unearthing Ancient America, and there was a Roman era figure recovered off the coast of New Jersey. So Ooh, what shit. we're finding is, you know, all these old relics that were here of all these different peoples well before what we're told so yeah. even the history of america has been whitewashed to make us believe that it was you know founded in 1492 it was nothing happened you know, prior to that you know it was no just, it, and it wasn't civilized until the white people got here yeah. which is the biggest bullshit ever because it was civilized beforehand i mean th th there were natives here that had civilization that out outdid what we have today um, and what one I don't know, um, Mesa Verde. I don't know if you heard of that. That's in Colorado. Yes, uh, these cliff dwellings from like the from about a thousand years ago, man. Uh, mm -hmm. Super intricate shit, man. And go back to the serpent mounds in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, one I mean, that doesn't get talked about a lot. And 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 you know, I've I've been doing a lot of. Um, I, I love the Aztec culture that that's my heritage and whatnot. And when you read the Aztec, their origin stories comes from the Southwest United States because um, they speak a language 
they're in the same grouping of linguistic languages called the Uto-Aztecan languages, which is what the Navajo, the Hopi, they all speak. Uh, uh, it, basically, the Uto-Aztecan is, I, I would say, the equivalent to what Latin is uh, to Spanish and Italian uh, and Portuguese. You know, Latin is the root language and all these other languages uh, branch off of it. And so in the Euro-Aztecan uh, dialect, you have all these. Nahua is a dialect off of the Euto-Aztecan. But they, 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 I remember reading a book where they, the Aztecs had a meeting. They, they, this is when they were nomads at one point and they, it was in the Southwest and half of the tribe wanted to keep going South. The other half wanted to go um, eastward. And I remember reading this book that they have found tribes in Florida that have Uto-Aztecan uh, traces to their language, which is fucking nuts, man. And to me, that's super fascinating, and we never get taught this shit. Dude, our country is so amazing. There's a guy, actually, if you're into the history of Florida, Old World Florida. Yeah, YouTube. I'm going to do a podcast with him. Dude, he does such great work. Have you but, had him on? Uh, no, no. Yeah, I've yeah. exchanged a couple messages with him, but I, I don't, you know, I don't usually do guests. Okay. So, because um, I, I feel like these. Dude, people, maybe we could have a three-way, dude. If I, I, if I'm I, in, I'm just yeah. saying because, like, the way I look at interviews is the there's much better interviewers than me. So if I can't bring something new out of somebody. I don't see why my conversation is any better than listening. And, you know, I, I heard him on Tim Foyle hat and the interview he did yeah. there was just out of this world. So yeah, until I, gotta, you find I, something I got new him material. scheduled, man. I'll, I'll figure out the date, dude. And if you can make it, dude, let's, let's fucking yeah. do it, man. But what, what I was saying is, is with that old world stuff, there's so much of that. You start looking at the Phoenicians being here. And that's what that I was getting to with that book that I was talking about from the 1800s. He, he says, that there were civilizations here pre-flood, like significant civilizations, and that uh, post-flood, the lines of of America were populated by the peoples of the line of Noah, and and that you know you had not only did you have um, the Malays, you had the the Chinese, the Tartars, the Scythians, all coming over here and populating the western half of the country, and then on the eastern half you had the Danes. You, uh, the Normans, basically the Vikings, the Swedes, um, and then you also had the North Africans. You know the 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 Barbers, the Berbers, um, and then some of the other people that would that would come over here that were fleeing from the Vandals. Um, so, I, I, you know, the more I dig into it, and I I like going to old texts. I I don't really read anything post 1950 anymore unless it's like referencing old stuff because mm. you get a totally different story from the old books and i'm starting to piece things together and find out man there is a whole lot more to this country than we've been told yeah yeah the, and it all ties into just there's so much bullshit out there that you're just living in this land where or mental state where like damn what what do i believe now you know everything everything seems so fucking fake man um and it's and and you know what yeah it, it likely is because it's a it's a, you know first of all politics is all fake it's called political theater for a reason yeah no war a lot of war is fake in a sense 
it's a, yeah, the real people die, war. but it's it's the reasons behind it. When you exactly. realize that the same fucking bankers funding one country are also funding the other goddamn enemy country. It, yep. You know, if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know, I mean, that's how the Rothschilds made a killing uh, all those centuries ago. They were funding both sides of the conflict every single yeah. time. I mean, and, and once they had the enough Ukraine. money, they, they ran entire nations because they controlled the money. And that's what the Federal Reserve does today. <laughs> it's the yeah. same shit, man. And, and, well, that's what the Rothschilds did, right? I mean, yeah. the, the, the old man Rothschild, he said, I want you, my sons, to go to these countries and yeah. set up a central bank there. Yeah. And within 100 years, those countries all had a central bank, and they all took control of the country. And Nathan Rothschild led the charge man he he was the yeah, bad he boy played world, he played the war of 1812 he played <laughs> both sides he played napoleon and he played the british and he ended up basically owning the bank of london after it yeah and again this then connects to the 1870s world war one to this day it, it's crazy how the tentacles of this beast just you know you, you go down one little route, if you will, and it just leads to I another I used to say route. it's all connected, yeah, you know, yeah. because it really is. When you start looking into it, you can tie something that's going on right now. It goes back centuries. And yeah. and it's, it's like, you know, that six degrees of separation. I mean, that's true with so many things. You start looking down, you know, like this, for example. I mean, you, you look down... Mein Kampf. Well, that's going to then take you into World War One. It's going to take you into World War Two. But then it's going to take you pre World War One and World War Two. What set that up? Then it's going to take you into Paperclip, uh, MK Ultra, all this crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's just it just takes you deeper and deeper. My man, I don't want to. I know you got another show coming up. Um, I I do want to get. You know, I guess your conclusion thoughts for Minecraft. I know you kind of gave us a little bit of a of a heads up earlier on, where you were. Are you having an outage? <laughs> yeah, my power's flicking here. It's like we're, it's almost ne it's negative thirty, and we got like thirty five to sixty mile an hour gusts out there. Holy shit, man! Yeah, it's freezing. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad I made it this far. I'm, I'm shocked sweating over here, bro. Uh, let me see if I can <laughs> send you some of the heat, Florida heat down there. <laughs> That's why I'm hoping the power don't go out because I don't have a wood stove here. It's just going to mean a lot of layers of blankets. Where are you at in Connecticut? I'm in Western Mass. I'm oh, from Western Connecticut originally. Okay, okay. I moved up here a couple years ago when I got divorced to be with my son. Copy that. All right, my man. Yeah, I won't. I won't take too much of your time, man. I, um, but I, I do want your. If I could get your. Your final thoughts, your conclusion, if you will, on on the whole mind conf deal or any other thing that you. I think it's add. a mind control exercise, like you said. I think we are indoctrinated to believe that it's just this disgusting work that shouldn't even be considered. It should probably be taken off the shelves. When in reality, it it take out the race stuff. There's a lot of of fundamental issues that he addresses that still exist today and their societal issues that a lot of the times are inflicted by the bankers 
you know, by, by those in charge. And what we see is a pendulum, right? It, it feels like things tend to sway one side heavy, and then eventually it works its way back. And I think Hitler was in a time where they were in a time of desperation. You know, it was just a, a brutal time in Germany coming off of World War One, and they were looking for somebody to lead them, to get them out of it. And he offered, like you said, he, he could talk to so many people. And that's what Mein Kampf did. It was a, a way of reaching a majority of the people to, to get the message out there to say, okay, yeah, we'll consider listening to this guy. And uh, he's got some good points. And he did. You know, it's, he was a good politician in the sense that he was able to contradict himself, right? In one side, he, he's talking about, you know, sterilization, but at the same time, he's talking about it's in the best interest of our nation, our, our national interests. So he, you know, but again, on the other side of Mein Kampf, I don't think Hitler wrote it himself. I think it was a conglomeration. I think it was one of those works that was done ahead of time to get the wheels in motion for something down the road. I think mm. I think Germany needed a way to turn it around. They needed somebody to do it. And it was going to be this guy. And, and this was going to be the way he got his message out. And, and they did it through him. That's interesting. I, I hadn't heard that. I, I'm definitely going to have to look into that a little bit more. Uh, but that's an, that's a theory that's new to me, man. And I, I always like going down those rabbit holes. And if you could send me like any uh, any literature uh, on that, man, I I definitely be interested in checking it out. My man, thank you so much. It was a great conversation. Um, where can people find you and uh, best places to get a hold of you? Yeah, uh, the best place to find me is on Instagram at the Great Deception Podcast. There, I have a Linktree link where you can find all my stuff. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, Patreon, um, email, everything. It's all the Great Deception Podcast. Uh, feel free to uh, reach out to me. I, I love interacting with people that listen. I love people that have questions. If if you want any material, again, like I said, I have a, a small archive that I. I like to keep and share with people. So uh, anything that I have is free to anybody else. So uh, uh, just, you know, my, my thing is question everything. So uh, that's that's the words that I'll leave you with. And 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 Weezy, thank you so much, man, for having me. It's It was a great conversation and we'll have to do this again for sure. Yeah, dude, I, you know, it's, it's always interesting when you, you know, we just interacted a couple of messages back and forth. Uh, I had heard your material, so I kind of figured that we would hit it off. I usually when I get someone, I, I want to make sure it's someone that I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to be able to have a good conversation. <laughs> and it, it's so far so, so good. It's worked out. And yeah, it, it, it ended up, man, being, being an awesome conversation. Um, thank you so much, my man. And let's stay in touch and we will definitely have to do it again. Definitely, my friends. Thank you. All right, my brother. Take it easy. All right, y'all, that was my man, Mr. Matt. I want to play for you guys some clips where my man, uh-oh, what happened here? Okay, I'm still recording, so I'm just going to keep uh, playing it here.
and um, I want to play some clips that I found interesting from Mein Kampf. This, the link to the audiobook, if anyone is interested in reading it, is down below. Uh, it's by Audio Boy, Mein Kampf, Uncensored, The Ford Translation. And it's a free download, so you don't have to pay anything. It's the audiobook is right there. But uh let's see, let me just find the right ones. So we we talked about Hitler being a eugenicist, and so I want to play one of his eugenicist quotes. Again, I don't buy into the main story that he was the most evil person around, but I also don't ascribe to the guy being a saint. And so I'm going to play a couple interesting uh, quotes from him and uh, let you decide. Teach them that when parents are themselves not healthy and sound, it is more pleasing to God for them to take pity on a healthy little poor orphan and adopt him than it is for these unhealthy parents to bring a sickly child of their own into the world, which would only cause suffering and misery to itself and everyone around it. In this area, the race-based nationalist state must correct what is not being done in any way, shape or form by the powers in place. So there you go, uh, talking about basically aborting babies that are not healthy. And uh, universal basic income is a, another theme. Let me see if I can find it here. Mm. If I can find it, sorry. If they had all learned to box instead, a German revolution consisting of dandy men, deserters, and rabble would never have been possible. The revolution was made a success by the cowardly, miserable indecision of those who guided the state, and its success was not due to the bold and courageous energy of the revolutionaries. Our entire intellectual leadership had been educated with intellectual weapons, and was defenseless the moment the adversary picked up a real physical weapon. The revolution was possible only because our schools of higher learning preferred to train civil servants, engineers, technicians, chemists, lawyers, literati, and did not train men to be real men. They were more concerned that they would run out of professors. Our intellectual leadership... Whoops, wrong quote. <laughs> My bad. Uh, is it here? In someone's work, the higher the material value of that job. Consequently, this job's value is shown by how much someone is paid for his work. In contrast to this, purely material value is the ideal one. The ideal value does not depend on the importance by material standards, but on the degree of its fundamental necessity. How important is the work to the country as a whole? Certainly the material advantage of an invention to the country may be greater than that of an ordinary mason's assistant job, but society depends as much on the small service as it does on the great one. Society makes a concrete evaluation of a job's value to the community by varying the rate of pay. But society must establish that every worker is equal whenever each individual does his best in his own field, whatever that may be. The evaluation of a man depends on his contribution to the community and not on his wages. In a reasonable state where individuals are directed in their vocations, each must be assigned to the activity that suits his ability. In other words, able minds must be trained for the work they can best do. Ability, however, is not taught but born. It is a gift from nature and not a developed skill that can be attributed to man. Consequently, one's social position should not force a job on the individual. His job should be determined by the abilities he was born with and by the education the community has provided to him. A man's value must be based on the way he handles the job he has been made responsible for by society. The vocation that an individual follows is not the purpose of his existence, but only the means to his livelihood. 
he should continue cultivating and refining himself to reach a higher level as a human being, but he can only do this within his cultural community, which must always rest on the foundation of a state. He must make his contribution to preserving this foundation. Nature has already decided the form of his contribution. All he must do is return to the national community zealously and honestly what it has given him. The man who does this earns the greatest esteem and the highest respect. A material reward may be given for achievements that are beneficial to society. However, the individual reward comes from the appreciation he receives, an appreciation that everyone who devotes what nature has given to him and returns what national community has trained him for back to the service of his nationality is entitled to. That means it is no longer shameful to be a good craftsman, but it is shameful to waste God's days and the nation's bread and butter as an incompetent state official. It will then be taken for granted that a man will not be assigned to a duty if he does not have the gifts for it from the start. Personal effectiveness in one's job is the sole standard that will determine his right to general participation and his right to participate in legal or civil affairs on an equal level. The present age is cutting its own throat. It introduces universal voting and chatters about equal rights but cannot find any foundation for this equality. It sets a man's value based on how much he earns, which destroys the basis for the most noble equality that can possibly exist. Equality does not and cannot depend on individual achievement. Instead, equality exists only in the way everyone fulfills his obligations to the community. That is the only way natural chance can be eliminated in judging the value of a man, and the individual can be made the architect of his own importance. In the present age, when entire groups of people judge one another by their income, they are incapable of understanding this idea. But this is no reason for us to abandon the idea. On the contrary, the person who wants to heal this inwardly sick and rotten age must first gather the courage to expose the causes of the disease. The National Socialist Movement must take this as its duty and go beyond any narrow-minded elitism to gather and sort out those people who are the willing forces in our own nationality, ones who are willing to champion a new world concept. So, there you go. You get a little bit of a taste of Mr. Hitler. And, uh, again, the link to that audiobook is down below. So, if you are interested in checking it out, it is a long audiobook. Uh, but I definitely encourage people to listen to it and come to your own conclusions. And if you disagree with anything that was said today, feel free to leave them in the comments and um, we can have we can duke it out. Now, if someone listening to this disagrees with me on the racial issue, uh, send me an email and let's debate it. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to debate if you think I'm wrong on the whole race crap and I'm full of shit um, don't just slime me don't just leave a stupid ass comment email me and we'll set up a debate and we can do it civilly you know if you're just gonna be saying stupid shit and rambling on I don't want to hear it I want to have a intellectual conversation but uh, yeah, if you disagree with me on race, I am offering that. Reach out to me and let's make it happen. Um, otherwise, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, try to give you a little review. But again, you'd have to listen to the book and read it for yourself to have your own understanding and come to your own conclusions. These were just our own conclusions and uh, that's how we reviewed it. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Much love. Thank you guys. And take it easy.